All right, you may be seated. Find your place. Good to have all of you here with us. And uh, good to be able to get together and now at this time prepare our hearts for the preaching of God's Word. And um, we have with us our very good friend Nathan Alfaro. Uh, that's a good news. The bad news is that his family's not with him. Uh, he, he came down to spend some time with his mom uh, in, uh, in Waxahachie. And then he was down for a wedding this, uh, this weekend as well. So we're glad that he's, he's with us uh, today. Uh, we've known Nathan for many years before he was married. We met him back when he was still single. And, and uh, he and his wife uh, are doing a great job in uh, Managua, Nicaragua, preaching God's word. And, and they're uh, pastoring a, a large and a thriving church that's making an impact uh, in the city, in the community. And... Uh, so we're just excited that he's here. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a great friend of ours, and he's known our kids since they were little, and now they're adults and married and have children. And uh, so um, I was told that my granddaughter came to you, thought that you were me. So she came crying to me, and I was, I was just impressed that she mistook a younger, better-looking man for her grandfather. I thought, okay, that's... So she was a little upset about that, but she got over it. And uh, after I promised her a toy. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's known our kids and now our grandkids. And so we're excited about that. He's a, he's a friend. He, he's a missionary answering God's call. He's a pastor. He's a, a great speaker. We're glad to welcome you, our friend. So let's welcome Nathan Alfaro, pastor, missionary, Nathan Alfaro, to Solid Rock this morning. Welcome. Thank you, pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. It is such an honor to be here with you today, and I, I truly uh, find it uh, a blessing when I come here and when we come here as a family. I'm here alone this time, as Pastor said, um, and I, I really enjoyed the hug of, of, the, of your granddaughter. I, I knew she mistook me for, for, for you or, or for somebody, but... Uh, she came and hugged me and looked up, and she had a smile on her face. She looked up, and, uh, and it went into shock, you know. Who am I hugging? <laughs> and I said, thank you for the hug. <laughs> and she turned around and ran off. <laughs> so uh, that was so sweet, though. Um, I give, bring greetings from uh, Christine. Uh, I am... Visiting my mom uh, for a few days, um, one of the things that we as missionaries miss out a lot on is, is uh, family, fa extended family. And so it's always a treat to, to be able to come here to San Angelo. I've got a sister that lives here in town, and so it's always a blessing to also be here uh, with them. And, uh, and as Pastor was talking about the years that... that We've known each other. I think the first time that I came here uh, and met your pastor, it was, I was 22. I was just, uh, I, I need a calculator now to figure that out, but I was, I was 22. I just turned 48. So I've known your pastor for most of my life. 
more than half of my life for for 26 years, and it's amazing what what uh, God has done and and is doing uh, in Nicaragua and through all of you and through your support for years. You all have supported our work there, and and it is so amazing that you have partnered with us for so long. Thank you so much. And thank you for, for continuing to partner with us. And when I hear of what you're going to do now with this new couple that you're supporting uh, uh, on campus, it's, it's amazing what God is doing. And, and God is at work in our world. And thank you for being part of that. You know, we're not, we're not uh, here just for us. We're here even for those who aren't here. We're here for those who will one day believe and one day we'll trust in God. And our work is not just for the here and now. It is, it is an eternal work. It is a work that God is doing in our world. And, and uh, we're excited for what God is doing in Nicaragua. And I'll share a little bit about what's happening there. But uh, as I mentioned, Christine sends her greetings. She loves your pastors. She loves uh, this church as well. And uh, since I came to spend time with uh, my mom... You know, she, the girls are in school, the kids are in school, they're growing up. Uh, Alexa's 14, Emily is 12, and she's she been wanting to baptize uh, since many years ago. And so I said, well, you've got to wait till you're 12. So as soon as she turned 12, she says, can I get water, baptized in water now? And so she did last month. And um, uh, Isabella, she's eight and just as rumbunctious as ever. And Lucas, he's three. And it is amazing uh, the energy that that boy has. And I was telling Pastor, we have drums at our church, and so he loves the drums. And he'll go up there, and he begins to bang on the drums, and he's got a beat. And uh, so I had a, someone in the church gave us a little gift, or gave Lucas a little gift. They gave him a little drum set so that he could play the drums at home. Well, we burned that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. We hid it from him. <laughs> so he walks around the house looking for his drum set. And, uh, but um, it is, if we're living a, a, a stage of life that is exciting, uh, a little nervous. You know, our kids are growing up. And I started a little late. Uh, I was, some of my, of our my family and extended family members, you know, their kids are 22, 25, 26, and mine's 14, <laughs> you know. But uh, so I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning to be a, a dad of uh, adolescent girls, and, and they're coming into, you know, uh, their teenage years. So you pray for me. And, and my girls are beautiful. You know, they, they're, they're a chip off their old, the old block, you know, the dad. And so, no, not really. But um, uh, there, there are some guys that are already kind of looking at them. And I'm just, uh, hmm. So I'm going to live that stage as well. I'm going to need your help, Pastor. <laughs> Getting ready, yeah. Um, what can I tell you? I, I love to be part of what God is doing. I, when God called me to the ministry, I, I said, God, I will do what, what you want me to do, and I'll go where you want me to go. I just don't want to go alone, and I don't want to do this alone. 
And one of the great promises that we have from God is that we will never do this alone. We will never live life alone. Even if others in our, in our, in our sphere of, of influence or friends or family leave us, God will never leave us. We will never do life alone. God will always walk with us. And, and these uh, last 25, 26 years in Nicaragua, we've seen that. We've seen God's faithfulness. It's, we've, we've gone through difficult times. We've gone through challenging times. But in all of those moments, God is there. And there's a lot of things in life that are not necessarily very visible. You really have to look at something. I don't know if you've ever seen or looked at a painting. And, and when you get up close, you see something. But as you step away and you get more of a broad view of that, your, your, your view changes and you see uh, something different. Life is that way. Challenges are that way. Circumstances are that way. Difficulties are that way. And you may, you may see them from a perspective, but when you step back and you see the, the, the entire picture. Uh, in Spanish we say, el cuadro completo. You see the entire picture. Then you understand. Then you say, oh, now I get it. Now I understand why this is happening or why that happened. And there's a, there's a scripture uh, in, that, that I want us to, to look at, and it is in John chapter 4. If you'd go with me to John chapter 4, and I am using the, uh, I'm, I will read out of the ESV, the English Standard Version Bible. I've been using that, uh, enjoy uh, the read on that, so if you go with me. John chapter 4, and I'm going to, let's start reading in verse 27. I'm just going to mention a few of these. Uh, We we, we know the story. This is the story of the Samaritan woman. And Jesus uh, tells his disciples he must go through Samaria. And he goes and he has this encounter with a woman at the well. And and it is interesting, the, the conversation that takes place there um, with the woman and a lot of the messages and a lot of the sermons that that we hear have to do with the conversation that Jesus had with that woman but I want us to focus for a few minutes on the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples Um, some of the people who who knew Jesus better than anyone else were the disciples they lived with him For three and a half years, they ate with him. They talked with him. Their life was Jesus all the time, 24-7 for three and a half years. And so, and Jesus goes through Samaria. uh, They come to the well. Jesus tells his disciples to go into town and bring some food. So that's what they do. They go in and they purchase food and and to to bring to Jesus. During that time, while they're gone, uh, Jesus is having a conversation with this woman. This woman comes to the well. She comes at, at, at an hour when no one comes to draw water from the well. And, and Jesus begins this conversation with her about the living water and about if you knew who I was, you would ask me uh, for a drink. And, there, and, she, and, and he's having this conversation. Now, it's, uh, it's, if, we, if we were to uh, move ourselves into that context... 
we would see that it wasn't uh, common for men to speak to women in public, especially women who you didn't know. You didn't do that. It wasn't, it wasn't common. And, and also, it wasn't common for um, a woman who had a lifestyle that was very frowned upon in, in, in that culture to, to have a conversation with someone. So, so there's a double thing going on there. It's a cultural thing. It is, it is a, a context of, of, of sinful life and, and, and speaking with someone who is supposed to be a rabbi and a teacher and, and someone who is a, a teacher of the scriptures. And so, but Jesus has a, has a purpose for this woman. Uh, and not only for this woman, as we will see, there's a purpose for the whole city, for the whole town. But, but uh, the disciples come back, and as they're coming back with the food, Jesus is finishing up the conversation with his lady. And, and Jesus has, has opened this lady's eyes to, to see that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the one they've been waiting for. He is the answer to, to the people's needs, the spiritual needs. And so, and so Jesus then tells this woman, now go into town. Just how he sent the disciples into town to get food. Go into town and let everybody know what you have discovered. And that's what we do. We encounter Christ. We encounter God in our lives. And what do we do? We want to share with others. Hey, I was like you. Hey, I, I, I went through what you're going through. But I found someone who brought an answer to my life. I found someone who brought peace, who brought joy, who brought restoration. I found someone who is the answer to my problems. And that's what we do. And we share the gospel. We share Christ with others. Because that is, that is we, 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 we've, we've found God. And we want others to find him as well. So the lady takes off. But look at verse 27. John chapter 4 verse 27. Just then the disciples came back. Just as Jesus was finishing the conversation with this woman. And they marveled. That he was talking with a woman. Why? Again, because of, the, of this cultural uh, situation that I mentioned. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So I don't know if you can see this. These guys are coming back. And, and, and Jesus is finishing up the conversation with this woman. And they see him talking to her as they're, as they're coming back with the food. And... and, and but, but no one dared to say, hey, what's up? Why are you doing this? Do you need something? Why are you talking to this woman? Why are you breaking protocol, society's protocol, to talk to this woman? Is there something that you need? No one dared ask him, but they all thought it. Have you ever thought of something? and, and you, bit your, you bit your lip or your tongue. And, no, you didn't say anything, but boy, you thought it. They thought it. What are you doing? Why are you talking to this woman? Do you need something? Is there something she can get you? What it, or, or, that, that we can't. What, what are you needing? But no one said anything. And then look at verse 28. 
So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. Now that verse, verse 29, is packed with a lot of information. The lady goes out, goes to the city. Now it wasn't a half day's journey to go back to the city or to the town. The well was outside of town, but it was just outside of town. So it probably took her 10, 15 minutes to go back into the city. And how she did this, I don't know. But she probably went around the city and just began to tell everybody, Hey, I found a man. <laughs> and everybody knew she had found many men. <laughs> you know, if you, if you know the story. But this man's different. I found a man that without knowing me, he said and told me everything I've ever done. Things that no one else knows, this man knows. Could he be the Christ? Could he be the Messiah? Could he be the answer that we have all been hoping for and waiting for? The spiritual answer to our lives? Could this be the man? And then verse 30, they went out of the town and were coming to him. Praise God. One of the best evangelistic messages in scripture was whatever she said. <laughs> whatever she went block by block, house by house. Telling people. Oh, to know what was her message. We, we have, we, we have the, the, the summary right there. This man knew things about my life. Come. But what was the message? What did she do to convince everyone in that town to come out? She, she uh, awakened their, their curiosity to know who this man was. And many times people will come to Christ not because they think that he is the answer, but because they're curious. And you pique their curiosity. And as they hear the message, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so they came out because they were curious. They wanted to see what was going on. Who was this man? Now she's doing this. And while she's doing this, there's another scene going on. And it's back at the well. The disciples just came back. They were coming back as the woman was leaving. So all this is happening. While all this is happening, there's a conversation that's going on. Look at verse 31. Verse 31 in the ESV, it starts with, Meanwhile, mientras tanto, meanwhile, meanwhile what? Meanwhile, they're coming. Meanwhile, verse 30. They went out of the town and were coming. 
They weren't there yet, but they weren't in the town. They were, they were coming out. They went out of the town. So they weren't even in the town, but they weren't where Jesus is at yet. They were coming. And meanwhile, while they're coming, how many? I don't know. A hundred? Two hundred? Eight hundred? How about two thousand? We don't know, but it wasn't five. It wasn't six. It was the town. The town was coming. And I don't know if you can hear them coming. We won't do it, but if I could, boy, I'd get all of you to come up here and stand up here and do this. It's the sound of what the, how many of us are in here today. Imagine... A thousand people. You can hear their footsteps coming. And there they come. And they're all talking. And so you hear, you, you can't distinguish what they're saying, but you hear can you, can you Can you see what I'm saying? And they're coming. Meanwhile, they're coming. They're out of the town now. And they're coming to where Jesus is at. Watch this, verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Hey, we got some food here for you. You sent us in for food, so here it is. Here's the tacos. Here's the stew. Here's the bread we bought. What do you want? You want some of this? You want some of that? Now, I want you to do something. As in the rest of this story, as we go through this next few minutes, I want you to have in the back of your mind, as you hear me speak and share this stuff, I want you to have in the back of your mind. The people are coming. It's not an isolated thing. The people are coming. Uh, so, so Jesus, uh, okay, you want some bread? You want, you want uh, whole wheat? You want uh, white bread? What, what kind of bread? And Jesus says, <laughs> but he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Hey, guys, I'm not interested in this stuff. Thank you for the food. Thank you for... For what you brought, but that's the, I'm, I, I'm not interested in this. And so, <laughs> verse 33. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Maybe it was that woman. Maybe she came and she brought him something. And here they come. And they're looking at, they're focused on, they're concentrated on this food. And we've got to get them to eat something. And the people are coming. Have you ever been focused on something so small that you miss the, the big picture and that you miss what really is going on? 
You concentrate on something. And you were so focused on that. That you missed. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you went to a game. And, uh, and you started scrolling on your phone. And you missed the touchdown pass. And you look up when. Hey! And you look up what happened. What happened? Oh they scored. And you're looking for the replay. Because <laughs> you missed it. You were focused on something and you missed what was going on. That's what's happening here. So Jesus says, no, no, guys, guys, I'm interested in something greater than this. And so they, they step back and say, well, then why did we go get the food? Why did we go into town and get the food? What does he want to eat? Maybe somebody brought him something. Maybe someone left something behind. He was so hungry, he grabbed it and ate it. What happened? And because they had not gotten his message, Jesus says, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. The reason I'm here, the reason we're talking, the reason I'm at this place, is because of the people that are coming. The hundreds, maybe thousands that are coming. And then he says this great, great quote that many missionaries quote. says, do not say there are four months then comes the harvest. Look. The NIV says, open your eyes. Look. I tell you, lift up your eyes. And see the fields are white for harvest. So I think this is what's happening. They're sitting there. And they've got the food there. And they say, okay, so you don't want food. Okay, well, maybe somebody brought us. Why, why do you want to feed? This is good stuff. We, we had some on the way. This is good. And Jesus tells them, look up. Look up. And I think they did this. They were focused on the food. And when Jesus said, look up, they looked up and saw the people coming. Don't say we still have four months for harvest. Look, they're coming. We don't even have to go to them. We didn't even have to go into the town. They're coming. They're coming. The harvest is ripe. They're coming. You know, uh, a couple years ago, I had a friend, pastor friend, come and visit us there in Nicaragua, and we took him out for dinner. And uh, I never dreamed that I would need glasses, ever. You know, I, I thought I had perfect vision. 
And we took him out for dinner, and uh, we got the menu. And, you know, I, I did what I always do with a menu. You get the menu, and you, you hold it as far as you can, you know. To, I thought that was normal. And so this pastor friend of mine takes off his glasses and says, Here, try mine, because your arm won't go any further. <laughs> try mine. And I took his glasses. They weren't these, they are his glasses, but I took his glasses. I put them on. Whoa! Everything was in HD. I said, whoa! Oh, I can see that way over there! See, I've got this issue where I can see perfectly right here. I can see pretty good the faces of you guys right here. The second row, third row, fourth, fifth, sixth, and back. Your faces are blurry. So if you're smiling, I don't know. <laughs> if you're frowning, I don't know. I need glasses to see far away. And what had happened is that for years... I was used to just seeing clearly close up. And I thought it was normal to not see clearly far away. Many of us have that spiritual problem. We see clearly what's right in front of us. And we miss out on the multitude that's coming. It wasn't just her family that was coming. It was the town. The town was coming to see what was happening. And the people, as I mentioned earlier, the ones who knew Jesus the best were the disciples. And the people who know him the best, they were focused on other stuff. Is that our case? This wasn't the only time. Remember when Jesus was teaching and, and there was uh, 5,000 men plus the women and children and it got late and the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, they're hungry, let them go. You never, you never, there is a, there is a, there, <laughs> you never hear the people saying that. The people want more. Of what he's sharing. They want more. That's why they stayed there. That's why they went out. And they were listening. And they listened all day. It was a. It was a. a I mean a, an all day message. And they wanted more. And the disciples were hungry. And so oh yeah oh man I'm man I'm hungry man hey, man if we don't go now they're gonna close the taco stand <laughs> we need let's let's tell them the people are hungry poor people they're hungry and so Jesus tells them well then you feed them <laughs> oh, oh, oh. uh huh. One of the things that. Uh, 
that's happening in Nicaragua, and I want you all to pray for us. We're, I, I am challenging our church to not only reach the communities that we're in, but I'm challenging our church to reach the nation. Um, we are in, we started a, a church uh, almost 10 years ago. In February, we're going to have our, our 10-year anniversary celebration of the church. We started uh, in the backyard of our home, as, as I've told you many times. And, and we started these churches now in different cities. A total of eight churches, starting the ninth church. And, um, and my dream, and our dream as our, as our pastoral team and our leadership, is to win the country for God. And we are telling God, open our eyes. Help us lift our eyes and see beyond where we're at. If you only see what's in front of you, if you only see what you can see, you don't see all that there is to see. If you, only, if you only see what, what, what is in front of you, you only see what you can see with your eyes, and you don't lift up your eyes, you don't open your eyes to see beyond, you can't see all there is to see. Remember when, when, when David faced Goliath? Everyone was scared. Everyone saw this giant, this nine-foot giant. He was nine feet tall. His armor. Weighed over a hundred pounds. He walked around carrying a hundred pounds of armor and was still a fighter. You know, you can, I can carry a hundred pounds, but that's all I can do. I can't do anything else but carry a hundred pounds. This guy carried a hundred pounds and was ready to battle. A giant. And everyone saw the size of the man. Everyone saw the strength of the man. And you see, and when you read the story, everyone refers to him as the, as the warrior, as a, as a man of battle. But it's interesting that when David refers to him, he refers to him as the uncircumcised Philistine. While everybody was looking at the size of the man, David was looking at something else. And David said, this man is not under God's covenant. He is an uncircumcised Philistine. God is not with him and God is with us. The same thing that, 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 that uh, Joshua and Caleb were telling the people years before when they first came to the promised land. You remember the ten spies came back and said, it's not doable. It's not possible. And Joshua and Caleb said, yes, it is. Yes, they're big. Yes, they're giants. Yes, the cities are strong. But there's a big difference. God is not with them and God is with us. That makes the difference. That's what David knew. Yes, this guy's big. But the battle's already over before it even starts. Why? Because God is with us and God's not with him. The enemy of our soul fights us every day. Through sickness. 
through difficulty in the family, through situations. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and see beyond. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. All that we see is not all there is to see. And when it comes to what you all have done for years with missions, you've got the right perspective. And that's why, that's why you're, whoever this person was said, uh, I'd like for you to come to our church because your missions giving can help our missions giving in our church. That speaks volumes for what this church has done throughout the years. So I want you to see beyond solid rock. I want you to see beyond San Angelo. I want you to see what all you have done around the world and what you've done in Nicaragua. We're, we're about to, to start building. We're, we just got all of our plans approved for the Managua Church. And uh, we'll start to as soon as we get the money. <laughs> um, but it's been a walk of faith, this whole thing. Just, just the way that the architectural plans and everything has come together. We're now at, the, we're at 90% of all of the approvals. 90%, which is most of the only thing now. We need a, 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 a structure engineer is looking at the, the thickness of the metal and the concrete and the things that need to... And the city needs all that before. But, I mean... We're, we're, we're living a dream. It's, uh, it's, we're living miracle after miracle. And people always say, Brother Nathan, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? I say, I don't know. But I'm not going to do it. God's going to do it. Because if, if we were able to do it, then we don't need God. If you're able to do it, if you're able to, to solve it, if you're able to fix it, then you don't need God. But when you're not able to do it yourself, when you're not able to bring down that giant, when you're not able to do everything you want to do in your own strength, you have no option than to depend on God. And when you depend on God, God is a specialist in making things happen. So I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what troubles, what difficulties you're going through. But God is greater. He is greater. And Jesus is just telling you, just look up. Open your eyes and look up. I'm doing something greater than what you think. I'm doing something beyond what you think I'm doing. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'd like to pray for you today. I, I feel like I'm with family when I'm here with all of you. The, the family of God transcends culture, transcends eth ethnicity, transcends language. And if you are not part of the family of God, open your eyes. And see what God is doing. What God is doing in you and through you. And if there be someone today that maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'd like to join you 
and praying for you. That you may surrender your heart to God. It's not to surrender to a religion or to a denomination or even to a local church. You surrender to a person. You surrender to Jesus Christ. With every eye closed and, and head bowed, I'd just like to ask, would there be anybody here that would say, I need to surrender to Christ? If you need to surrender your heart to Christ, that is the most important thing you can do. If you need to surrender your heart to Christ, just raise your hand right there where you're at. I am the way, the truth, and the life, he said. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Let me pray over all of you. If, if you're dealing through a situation that maybe is beyond your strength or beyond your, your understanding, One of the things that as you read scripture, God never selected the strongest, the smartest, the most talented. I was thinking about that last night at the wedding. Um, three or four of us that we grew up together were all pastors, including my brother-in-law. Up together, and we took a picture together. I'm thinking, who would have thought that when we were 14, 15 years old, one day we'd be pastoring and helping others encounter Christ? And uh, it's beyond what we think we're capable. But God always used common, ordinary, everyday people to do extraordinary things. And, and God is still at work. Just lift up your eyes and see what He's doing and be part of it. Father, I thank You. I thank You for these wonderful people this wonderful church family. God, we all encounter difficulty and struggles. and We all go through situations. And many times we even wonder where you are. But you have promised to never have us go through life alone. You will walk with us. You will guide us will help us fulfill the purpose the eternal purpose that you placed in our lives God thank you because you are doing that for me in Managua Nicaragua and you're doing it for everyone here in San Angelo and I thank you God for, for your love and your mercy help us never to be short sighted Help us to open our eyes and lift our eyes and see beyond our context, beyond 
our our circle of of influence help us see beyond to see what you are doing thank you that you are reaching souls around the world continue to do that in Nicaragua and do that here in San Angelo in Jesus name we pray amen to be done. There's much to be done. We will come reaching out of our comforts. Out from our comforts. And they will know us by our love. Sisters. Sisters, we were made for kindness. We can pierce the darkness as he shines through us. Once again, we will come reaching. We will come reaching with a song of healing. And they will know us by our love. Would you raise your voices together? The time is now. Come church, arise. 